It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Things are going from bad to worse this week for Theresa May as the plotters around her are queuing up to be the first to strike the first blow. The chief whip was already trying to shut it all down by ending the parliament five days early in the hopes that there won't be enough time to organise a vote of no confidence in the Prime Minister. Just when she thought it couldn't get any worse, there were more resignations yesterday, more watering down of her checkered Brexit plan and warnings that a massive electoral defeat worse than 1997 could be on the cards for the Tories if she doesn't get it right. It's yet another knife-edge vote today. How much more of this can Theresa May take? How much more of it can we take? 03444991000. Coming up, we'll be dissecting the Trump-Putin summit as well, which seems to have upset the Americans more than anyone else. And we'll be finding out why Britain's coastal waters could soon be filled with great white sharks. 03444991000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. amazing films I think ever made that Jules I mean funnily enough I watched it um, just recently because I decided to download some stuff before I got on the plane because I'm not very keen on watching movies on planes for some reason I don't like the little screen um, even though the iPad screen isn't much bigger. I just sort of <laughs> but it's just, yours. Well, you could move it around, <laughs> yeah, though, as yeah, well, you know. True. And so I down, for some reason, I don't know why, I just, it was on Netflix. I thought, oh, I haven't watched Jules for a while. I'll download that. Because I'm, it's a strange sort of period I'm going through at the moment. I don't watch movies that I haven't seen. I can't you like watching you, movies that I have seen. To remind yourself. I don't know what it is. I'm just kind of, I'm not really particularly into watching Maybe new films. in a nostalgic sense. It could of... be. It could be. And also, because I was kind of going to New England as well, which is where Jules is set. You know, it's always it's sort of quite interesting. That's to, what we uh, did last. Well, last, last year we were on Long Island and watched back to back shark movies, which was probably a little unwise. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> actually, know. yeah, because by the end of it, I don't think I would. If I'd have been going anywhere near <laughs> the water, I would not have been going in. To be honest, 
And are you a bit shark phobic? Not particularly shark phobic, but I mean, I'm not a great a great person for swimming in the in the sea. I mean, when, whenever I go to America, uh, we quite often uh, my sister has a friend who's got a fishing boat. We'll go out yeah. and do a little bit of fishing for for bluefish or whatever um, out in the, out Long Island Sound. And there's always a point at which it gets quite hot. We take a few beers, we take some subway sandwiches, and at some point <laughs> or other, we jump in. You know, and it's really deep. I mean, it's about 70 or 80 feet deep. And I'm always quite, I mean, I'm like in the water, but I get out quite quickly because I don't really like swimming in very deep water. I don't I don't mind it, but, I'm, but my other half, he's proper shark. Is sort he? Of shark obsessed in that way that would love to watch back-to-back shark films, but yeah. then always thinks, oh, I'm not sure I want to well, go Well, we heard Julie that's... Hartley Brewer saying that she loves sharks. And she's actually she's been quite... down a ca- in a she's cage. She's been in a cage looking at them. I presume you do that sort of thing in South Africa. But there's a story this morning, uh, senior researchers at the University of Southampton uh, who are basically saying that uh, uh, in about 30 years' time, we could have great whites swimming around the outside uh, of Britain's coastlines. And uh, so therefore, you'd have to be worried because the water temperature would only have to rise by, I think, about uh, one degree. Uh, which is quite likely and yep. under the under the, the climate change circumstances in which we now live. Um, so we might have great whites swimming around, and that might be quite tricky uh, for those people who like to go in the water. Let's talk to Dr. Ken Collins, uh, who is Senior Research Fellow and Diving Officer, uh, Ocean and Earth Science, University of Southampton. Dr. Ken, a very good morning to you. Yes, yes, <laughs> no. What a, uh, no, let me, let's, let's just get this straight. Okay. Uh, Nat Geo Wild, uh, in support of their Sharkfest TV series, uh, currently uh-huh. asked me to speculate what would come in, uh-huh. and what I and I rec- I actually said that I see no reason why we shouldn't have great whites already. Yes, and there there have you know, there have been unsubstantiated reports, and in the future I doubt if we will see them because they are being hunted to extinction. No. But so, um, but didn't you you did say that we should see in the next thirty years more varieties? Oh, undoubtedly, yes. There's yeah. There we so we've got about forty species of sharks around our waters, and you know, and so that and you know that could increase by half as many again. But my big point is that whilst we may have more different types, I think the overall number will st- still decline mm. because we are killing them faster than they can reproduce. And what are we killing sharks for? Actually, deliberately, to put into shark fin soup. Uh-huh. Accidentally, you know, with, with other fisheries, and they're just getting thrown away. Or pollution. You know, the world is struck by the blue planet, bringing plastic pollution mm. to our attention. Uh-huh. So the great white um, that we talk about and that is kind of made famous by films like Jaws um, is not necessarily a man-eating shark, is it? Well, it really likes seals. They're, they're fatter than us. Right. Fatter than some of us. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, if they were to come to the shores of Great Britain, I mean, would there be a, a danger to life, as they were? No, because they're, because they are so... So rare, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't. There's a lot of shark alarm going they, off in the background. I don't doubt there's been, you know, one or two in British waters before. Yes, but, I saw. I saw a, I've seen shark. I've seen a basking shark off the coast of Lundy Island. Yeah, you know, which was about I don't know wow. four or five feet long. It's quite cool. It looked exactly like a, you know, well, of course it would look exactly like a shark, but I mean, do you know what I mean? It had to, it looked exactly like it's a traditional shark. a big shark. <laughs> yeah, except just smaller. And I had a big fin sticking out the top. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. But yeah the remember, dorsal. basking sharks eat plankton. Do they? 
Yeah, so they, you know, the worst they could do is give you a nasty suck. Yes. Okay. But they kind of, but they're kind of frightening looking though with that fin, aren't they? Well, it depends how timid you are. Man up. Well, I'm not particularly timid, but I mean, I've seen jaws, is what I'm saying. So if you see a shark in the water that looks exactly like the one, albeit not made of rubber, like the Steven Spielberg version, that you know, it could be quite sort of shocking. Well. You say that I, you know, I, I spent my Easter in the Galapagos with uh, sort of hundreds of hammerhead sharks, and right. I just thought they were beautiful. Yeah, well, I mean, they are beautiful, but they're dangerous, aren't they? Some of them. No, so, some are. On the whole, they're not. You and know, you they've got big them teeth. Alone. They, you, they, they've they got leave very you big. Alone. They've got very big teeth, and they've got rows and rows of them. Uh, depends which ones you're talking about. Well, the ones that might eat me. <laughs> Ken, can I just ask you? I think the the point of the of the research is obviously if the temperature of the water goes up, we'll get more uh, sharks coming from Portugal and Spain. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, just yeah, I mean, the sharks I'm talking about wander whole oceans. So you know, I mean, so it just we just uh, end up on their sort of they'll just sort of travel further and further and come to. Mm. Yeah, may come to us in due course. I mean, you don't hear too many stories of shark attacks, but there are occasional ones in Florida, occasional ones in Australia, you know. Um, so, it, I mean, it does happen, doesn't it? Uh, yes, certainly. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, but, you know, shark attacks are rare. They are, yeah. But, I mean, but the point is, is my worry is, is that if there's a place where a shark will come into shallow waters and, and, and eat you, then I don't fancy going in the water. Well, that... Yeah, but how many how many people have been attacked by sharks in Europe? Well, not very many, but I'm saying if they if they more of them start coming in, all I'm saying is, is more people might regard that as as a risk and not go swimming. Yeah, but I I've t- I've just said that we're going to get less sharks, so the risk is is decreasing ah. year on year. I'm confused now. Well, I'm I'm sorry for you. <laughs> so Ken, I can tell you are. Ken, I see, you, know, you care more about sharks than you care about me. <laughs> Ken, the fact that um, you know you're saying we're we're, we're polluting or fishing, um, either accidentally or deliberately, sharks out of existence. I mean, obviously, a lot of countries are trying to do something about that. Who are the worst perpetrators of that? Um, it's sort of shark... I mean, you know, shark fishing happens around the world, you know, and it's difficult... Shark fin put... soup is a very Japanese thing, isn't it? No, I mean, you know, I mean... Yeah, I mean... I think a quarter of the shark fins going to Southeast Asia come from our European partners. Uh huh. Well, where's where's much much of the shark fishing go on then? Well, they sort of, um, you know, the likes of Spain is quite a because they do a lot of uh, fishing in ah. in the Mid Atlantic for right. tuna. Okay. Which which don't pose any threat to you. No, I'm not worried about tuna. No, I mean, they're big, you know, but they've yeah. got massive teeth. I mean, the reason people don't like sharks is they've got huge teeth. Not all of them. Well, no, yeah, the, I mean, the ones that could eat you. That, but, you know, but, you know, if, if you want to sleep easy at night, think how fast we're killing them. Well, Many, many will go extinct. And yes. then you will, you will, you know... It's, that's the problem, yeah. you know. We and what we're doing is upsetting the the ocean ecosystem. Sure, you know. Sure. So you know, I mean, are you telling me that we should uh, get rid of lions because they've got big teeth? 
Uh, well, no, but they're not, in the, not where I'm swimming normally, are they? Lions. You know, you can get $50,000 for a basking shark's fin. Really? So $50,000? $50,000. Wow. So you can see, I mean, obviously it's a horrible illegal trade, but you can see why people are going to get that amount of money. That Terrible. is shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Well, really listen, shocking. Dr. Ken, we, we shall do what we can to, to promote your cause then. Um, what can people do in order not to uh, see the extinction of sharks? Well, when you go to a Chinese restaurant, don't have shark fin soup. OK, well, I've never had it, and I've, I've no intention of ever having it. <laughs> Good on you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dr Ken Collins there, <laughs> Senior Research Fellow and Diving Officer, Ocean and Earth Science University. He sounds an interesting guy, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure he'd say the same about you. Well, I mean, he's <laughs> taken a dislike to me just because I'm scared of being eaten by a shark. I mean, I don't see why that's such an unusual position to hold. It's not, but I think he's right in that it's not totally logical when you look at the number of shark attacks there are in the types of places that no, we no, get. I, I mean, obviously, we know we read But I'll tell you time. this. If I went to Sydney, right, because yeah. a friend of mine lives in Sydney, a couple of good friends of mine live in Sydney, and, uh, in fact, we spoke to Sandra Lee just the other the other week, and she went, she was, got, I spoke to her once, and she was on her way to Bondi Beach to go swimming, yeah. literally about a day after somebody had been attacked by a shark yeah. in Bondi Beach. I can tell you. And I'm saying to her, I'm going, why are you going in there for? Yeah. So my grandmother was Australian and grew yeah. up grew up in Sydney, uh -huh. um, and so she was born in the sort of early twentieth century. And in the sort of I suppose it would have been about the twenties, right. she her father was watching her, and mm. she was water skiing. Uh -huh. uh, so quite early we water skiing around the harbour. Right. And her dad wooden saw, water skis then I bet. Yeah, yeah, totally. All really old fashioned. Yeah. And her father saw that she was being followed by a shark. No. So, yeah, yeah, this is absolutely true. She used to, <laughs> I used to make her tell me the story Oy. again and again and again. Wow. And I, was, I mean, obviously, she well, was like, so there's a fin going behind fin her. Following her. Wow. And so the father decided not to wave around manically and go, shark, 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 right. thinking she would then fall, mm. fall in right. and be panicked. So he just sort of very calmly told them that it was time to finish and told them was to. Was he print. on the boat? No, he was on the dock, sort of pier. Oh, okay. And told but sort of, yeah, just the time to come in, time to come in, and yeah. got her in and sort of grabbed her Blimey. as they came in. Yeah. So she really was followed by a shark around And the also harbor. Florida. I remember a story a while, a few years ago, of a guy who was um, basically paddling in a very shallow part of the of yeah. the Atlantic, off the coast of South Beach in Florida or something, or maybe a little bit further up Fort Lauderdale. And the shark just came in and uh, and, and, and ate him, basically, attacked him, yeah. because, it, because it was a rogue shark. It's all very old to go, oh, well, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, but if it happens at all, I'm not going in. But the, the stories about the sort of rogue sharks, because often it is the one where if they sort of end up sort of stranded, like in Jaws, yeah. didn't he? He, he ended up in a sort of inlet, didn't he? The... the because it was based on a true story, yeah. some of some of yours, and it was that they'd sort of got stranded out and couldn't get back. Yeah, they lose their sonar or something, don't they? Yeah, yeah and then get stranded, yeah. and then and all about the temperature of the water and all that. And yeah, I'm they, sorry, I don't care about that. that. You know, if, if I see a shark, not sympathetic. big white shark, uh, great white, anywhere near me, I'm going to kill it before <laughs> it kills me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's just go to Craig, uh, who's in Oxford. Hi, Craig. Morning, Mike. Morning, Daisy. Morning. What do you want to say? Uh, I think we've just got another insight into Theresa May's work ethic or lack thereof. Mm. Um, if you've got a stressful, difficult project going on at work, 
that, that needs resolving. What you don't do is decide to go on holiday. Well, exactly. You, especially you for especially for the length of time that they go on holiday for. I mean, knowing as we do that they take off basically from nearly the end of July till October, you know, for heaven's sake, surely they should get something finished before they go. Exactly. They should, if anything, they should be cancelling their holiday mm. and stay and sort this horror show out. Right. And the place is in an absolute, absolute state. And as for this, this suggestion that because there are democratically elected politicians can't implement a democratic decision so that we should have another vote is utter nonsense. Mm. If they're not capable of doing the job that they've been elected to put there to do, then they need to stand aside and let some people move in there that can. I have no confidence, Craig, whatsoever uh, in this particular government led by Theresa May ever (laughs) finding a solution to this. Well, and neither do I. However, mm. my, my larger fear than that is letting Labour get anywhere near it. <laughs> well, I mean, letting Labour get anywhere near government is always a bad idea. Exactly. So uh, uh, the only path I can see is that she's just she needs to step down. I mean, Jacob Rees-Mogg gave her an exit path yesterday for, for their votes uh-huh. and basically came on your station and said that actually it's a sign of strength if she... Um, changes her mind and, and sees the, the error of her, her initial decision right. and gave her the out that, that she needed yesterday. Mm. Um, but how many more times can people do this for her? Well, exactly. I mean, the point is is that she's reviled inside the party, less so, I think, than probably we on the outside think, because whenever Katy Perry is here, she always says, actually, she's more popular than you think. And in fact, after Boris Johnson resigned, everybody then said, who knew Theresa May and the inner workings of the Tory party, uh, the reason Boris is not challenging her and he's not putting up a leadership challenge is because he wouldn't win it. Because he wouldn't win it. And there was also the point that Oliver Wright was making at the beginning of our programme was saying that he believes that she, Theresa May will be getting more sympathy mm. than we are giving her. Right. I don't know about that, but I don't, and I don't think that people necessarily feel sorry for politicians. I don't think anybody outside of Parliament does, no. but maybe inside they do, yeah. because that is what their job is, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel sorry for anyone that gets 80-odd grand a year plus expenses. Uh, yeah, for, for doing a part-time job. Yeah, well, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Because we do know that they actually do, most of them anyway, other jobs uh, when they go back to their constituencies and look after people and all that. And, I mean, the thing is, actually, the thing that you I don't think you can level at Theresa May is that she isn't hard-working. She is not trying to... Um, send them all home on their holidays because she wants to go on her holidays. She's trying to send them home on their holidays so that she can carry on working without the threat of a leadership election bid. So you can say that that's cynical, but I don't think you can say it's lazy. But surely a team is stronger than an individual. So if they had, if if they not this one. Oh, we're losing, oh, I think we, we're might losing be, we might have gone into a Craig, tunnel. Craig, listen, thanks for calling. Anyway, yeah. uh, we'll take more of your calls as well, 03444991000. I think the problem is that because they have such a long recess, and one of the reasons for that recess is historic, isn't it? Because basically they worked such weird hours that they never really spent much time with their families. So the summer was the time when they were supposed to spend time with their families because uh, and the kids were in their boarding school. Yeah, and a little bit in constituencies. But, but because they were basically working from 2 in the afternoon till 10 at night, sometimes later, yeah. the belief was that, you know, this was a good time for them to take a big break. But don't forget, they have a pretty big break at recess at Christmas. They have one at Easter. You know, they well, have they do. They a lot half, of time off, they, these guys. They get, half, they get a lot of time off. 
half, they get half term as well. Yeah. Um, one of the other reasons why these big breaks were always put in there is so they could go off and do their other job. Yeah. You know, whether it was in the city or well, yeah. know, being but that was a why quite, That was why quite often they didn't start in the afternoon until two o'clock. And that's all changed a little bit now. And it's a bit more sort of professional and a bit more professionally yeah. run. However, the problem for me as well now um, is that when they do come back in September and we have, you know, party conference season, which we'll be covering massively here at Talk Radio. Uh, in fact, I think we're going to be there at Excellent. these party conferences. The bottom line is that they will just be infighting again for another month yes. before they come back to try and sort out Brexit in October, which is crazy. And it is mad because party conferences, you have the traditionally the four weeks, you've got the TUC conference first, then it was the sort of Lib Dems and yeah. the Scott Nats, and then uh, Labour and Tories sort of taking it in turns, which meant four weeks of the House not sitting. Yeah. But for three of those weeks... The individual MPs were not at their party conferences, so no. they were still doing nothing. Right. And I always thought that was kind of mad as yeah. well. That well, you could have had they'll some be plotting, sort of though, won't they? They'll be plotting, mm. yeah. I did work out when, by the time I was in my late 20s, I'd spent a year of my life at party conferences. Right, really? Which I decided that was enough. Well done for because, surviving. Because I'd done four weeks every, <laughs> at least every yeah. year. Um, and yeah, I was done in. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're all getting done in by this whole <laughs> Brexit thing, I have to say. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I think we should ban it for the rest of the week. We've talked about it twice already this week, and it's only Tuesday. I think from this point on, we ban Brexit. Unless something really, really dramatic happens. I'm not talking about it again uh, until You've October. You've jinxed it now. You've totally October. jinxed it. October. Now something big will happen. Well, well we can only hope. That's yeah. the business we are in. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. We're talking about food coming up in the next hour, which is almost bound to make me hungry uh, since I haven't got very far to go anyway. Have you ever been to Babacoom in Devon? I have not been to Babacoom. I have been to Devon many times, yeah. but not not Babacoom. Babacoom. I think is on the coast. Yes. I'm pretty sure. I, I think, think so. I've been there for holidays and things like that. But this is where uh, this next story is based. A dad of ten, right, which always makes you wonder slightly. Um, what's going on. Dad of 10 has slammed his magistrate next door neighbour after she fitted a high-pitched mosquito alarm which only youngsters can hear. Thomas Weldon is the father. He says his kids are prisoners in their own home because they now can't go out because of this terrible high-pitched noise that can only be heard, interestingly enough, by people under the age of 25. And he says that it's so bad when... Mm. Um, so the magistrate doesn't have it on all the time. No. But puts it on... Or she claims only, you know, a handful of times and he says it's all the time and it's aimed at his kids. He's, he's saying it's activated three or four times a week. And she says, I think, that it's three or four times in total. Yes. So there's a big discrepancy there. But um, he says his seven-year-old's had to go to hospital because the pain has been so pain... You know, the, right. The noise has been so painful to, you know, to their heads... And I mean, she, it's all, it's a real case of he says, she says, she says, the magistrate says that his kids are sort of out of control yeah. and vandalised. She and says harassed. she's only used it when they've hurled objects at her property. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like a very nice sort of neighbourly way no. to behave, really, does it? Yeah. And apparently other tenants, <laughs> I think he's a tenant, the father right. of, of 10. Right. And apparently other you know, sources say that two previous tenants have been have left because they couldn't get along with this right. neighbour. So who knows? But I He never... runs his own removal business. Perhaps he should just remove himself from the situation and go and live somewhere else. Well, he's digging in. Yeah. He's digging in. But I have never heard of these things before. And you were saying earlier that well, you, you've yeah, done because, stories Well, that's course. it. I mean, the first time I came across it was when I was working in Scotland, in Edinburgh, in fact. And I think it was Fife Council or somebody who had decided to, to use one of these things to disperse, they had a real problem with, uh, in, a, in a, I think it was a town called Kirkcaldy, 
uh, well, they had a real problem with, with sort of youths hanging around. I know, Kakodi. Well, that's where... Well, Kakodi is where my father-in-law is from. All right. But it is also where Gordon Brown is from, so I've done yeah. a lot of filming. Like, well, you know, Gordon background Brown pieces lives, as you know, in, uh, in Queensferry, which is sort yeah. of just down by the bottom of the bridge there, right? Yeah. And Kakodi is just a little bit further up from there, and it has a big heroin problem. It's got a big drug problem. It's yeah. quite a you know poor town. It's a down um, at hill place. It definitely. very much is, and they had a real problem with, with sort of youth offending. And they were trying to make sure that these kids didn't hang around um, and sort of cause problems for people. So so the council came up with this idea. Somebody said to them, well, why don't you get one of these alarms? And so that's what I was telling the story about, where, you know, nobody in the council could actually hear it, but they bought it anyway. <laughs> and I thought, you Which know, is, it, 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 you, you, you haven't of, really done your due diligence if no, you can't hear. If you can't hear it. So here's what we're going to do. Right? We're going to play the sound. Uh, so that everybody else can hear it. However, we should give out a sort of a health warning here because apparently some people complain that the noise can make them feel slightly nauseous or, or sick. Well, right? and, the, and the kids who work on our programme who are significantly younger than us, yeah. they were playing it earlier, screaming and holding their really? ears. And I was going, what are you really? So I was made to feel like okay. a real old Well, the fart, last time I did I it, the last time it. I did this <laughs> on the radio up in Scotland, I couldn't hear it either, but my producer could. So... Um, if you don't want to risk sounding uh, hearing this noise because you and might be under young. 25, um, turn your radio down for 10 seconds or so. Uh, or alternatively, just listen to it and maybe ring me and tell me what it sounds like. See, I can hear it. I can hear it. I can hear something very, very soft I can hear and it. unoffensive. I so. can hear a noise which doesn't really bother me. Yeah, but, sounds... I, but I think if you're young, it really, really bothers you. Really? Is it hurting in the yeah? The, I mean, it, I mean, the, it doesn't. It's not pleasant particularly. The baby's out. Can we hear it again? Yeah. Let's hear it again. <laughs> They're holding their ears. He's holding oh. his ears in there. Oh my god! But you see, I can hear it's that. It's not unpleasant. It sound. You know what it sounds like to me is the sound that you have ringing in your ears after you've been to a rock concert. Yeah, so uh, sort of almost staticky. Sort of, yeah. But, but no, you see, the fact that we are absolutely fine with it shows our um, mature years. But I mean, I wonder. Um, if it is actually the most antisocial thing ever, whether you should be allowed, whether you, I mean, I don't know what the law is on this. I mean, presumably she's a magistrate. She knows that she's within her legal rights to actually use it. Well, he is saying that it goes against uh, his human rights mm. and she's saying that, you know, that the council have okayed it. So yeah. Well, according knows? to this, right, when the Mosquito MK4 alarm and motion centre was launched in 2008, a campaign called Buzz Off, led by the Children's Commissioner for England, called for it to be banned, claiming the device was unnecessarily aggressive and created no-go areas for children and young adults who may have done nothing wrong. However, since it went on the market, thousands have been sold in the UK, mainly to small shop owners, but it's understood sales of the device to families and homeowners are soaring. Isn't that interesting? And actually, I was just looking up a couple of years ago, a couple in Norfolk did exactly the same. They were sick of unruly children. And, sorry, in Ipswich and mm. Suffolk. Um, and they did the same. And they were fined £5,000 by really? the council. So the council obviously did, took a dim view um, of them doing it. And yeah. again, their neighbours said that their children, you know, their under 10s, were forced inside sort of screaming after the noise. I think it's extraordinary that something that's meant to be sold for... You know, to deter mosquitoes has such an impact on kids. Is, is that? I mean, is that what it's meant to be then? They call it's it a mosquito to, alarm yeah. because it's but for no, mosquitoes. I think it's actually it was originally meant to. I didn't know mosquitoes had ears. To be honest, <laughs> we well, should maybe, have asked our insect specialist that we had on the other day. Maybe it was only called the mosquito thing. I, I, I don't think. I don't think it. I, I mean, it, you might be right. It may have some kind of sonar that keeps mosquitoes away from you or something. I don't know. 
I've never heard. But if you've ever heard any one of these things, 0344 499 1000. Also, if you heard what we just played and it sounded to you anything other than just a relatively annoying um, sort of high-pitched yeah. whine. Let's, let's test the demographic of our yes. audience. Well, well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there may well be people like me who heard it but didn't actually think that it was particularly objectionable. I think maybe you're right. I think maybe it is just called Mosquito Alarm, but yeah. it is it is specifically aimed at antisocial teenagers. Mm. Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, yesterday we were giving people tips on how to keep wasps away. So now today we're giving you <laughs> tips on how to keep children away. But, I mean, certainly if it is, I mean, if it, if it is actually damaging children and they're having to go to hospital as a result, then it shouldn't be available, it? Should shouldn't it? be available. And apparently they're only a couple of hundred quid right. or less, so they're not mm. you know, they're not high tech. Yeah. Maybe we need to get the manufacturers on to tell yes. us who they sell. Because yeah, one one thing I read said that they mainly sell to sort of small shops, you know, the kind of shops that want to... That all the kids after school go to, and yeah. they always have those signs like, you know, no more than two. No kids more than two children at a time. time. There's one time. just down the road here because yeah. there's always these school kids. I made the mistake of going to Sainsbury's yesterday, just as, just as the school had kicked out, which is also a nightmare because there's all these kids. I mean, they're buying half the shop up. Yeah, you know, which is remarkable, and they and they actually are allowed to to go in sort of mob handed into this little Sainsbury's Metro near me. And there's literally dozens of them. And what's their behaviour like? Well, it's it's all right. They're a bit boisterous. Yeah. You know, they're not terrible. They're not stealing stuff or on the rampage. I but think the, prob- you know. the problem with a lot of those, you know, the shopkeepers say they go in, get, go through phases of, you know, the kids are all kind of fine. You know, they're a bit annoying and they're a bit loud, but they're, yeah. they're basically And they're fine. sort of pushing each other and stuff uh, and yeah, being and silly. Giggling and shoving and that, you know, all of that's fine. But then suddenly, I've, I'm, I remember talking to some shopkeepers, there will be a spate of shoplifting. Yeah. From kid- and they're all sort of egging each other on. It's yeah. like a sort of craze. Yes. And that's when they start you know, refusing to sell them. Of course. Yeah. And then it also dies down and a new bunch of kids come yeah. in and it all is fine again right and then yeah. again there'll be this you know oh go on you know i got this you can get twice yeah. what i got yes exactly it all kicks off again but i mean the problem with this particular story down in uh, uh, babacoom is that um is that why i said it was i think it was babacoom yeah he says the kids are like prisoners in their own home i mean if the noise is is that bad then presumably it's still audible when they're inside the house yeah if they're right next door yeah you would have thought so you would have yeah. thought so so anyway interesting to know why that you know the norfolk can't uh so did i say north suffolk, suffolk. council sent them you know sent that last couple five grand Fine, mm. and this council don't seem to be that bothered. Yeah, right. I think we need to know more about this family. According to the retired teacher, um, the uh, the alarm has been passed by Torbay Council, the police, the European Court of Justice, and the British Parliament. This is the uh, the magistrate saying it has been authorised because of the persistent nuisance which disturbs my residence by the family at the rear of my property. They have continually vandalised, harassed, and made complete nuisances of themselves, and the authorities are still dealing with it. So she's basically claiming she's saying they're the neighbours from hell. She's gone to the uh. council and got their permission ahead of time to actually do it. I've had a troublesome relationship with the neighbours for many years. They're the perpetrators of violations on my property. Uh, a spokesperson for Torbay Council said, we currently have no open case regarding this issue. We would ask that the complainant come forward so that we can conduct any necessary investigation. So presumably the guy has not complained to the council. Otherwise no, they would be investigating it. Maybe he knows that that'll come out. But actually I'm now seeing more and more cases of people who have been fined. Right. Um, for using these things. Uh, there was another one. But maybe that's because they didn't get permission first. Yeah, maybe you have to go and say, my neighbours are so annoying. I just I find it really surprising that a council would say, yes, you can use this thing. Yeah. On, you know, unless they're saying you can just use it every now and then rather well, than Well, maybe if you, if you make enough complaints and say that I've got these nuisance neighbours, yeah. this is how I want to deal with them. I still want to know if our listeners could hear it because yes. I really couldn't. Well, it certainly, I Could certainly, you actually not hear anything? Well, I could hear a really, really low level... Yeah. See, I mean, Mine, I can hear it quite it, loudly. 
No. I could hear it quite loudly. I've obviously but, uh, got old ears. We may have to play it again coming up later on, and you can call us. So Paul out. says it sounds like an old ZX Spectrum loading a game. The, ki- <laughs> the kids these days wouldn't, wouldn't have lasted long in the 80s. No, they wouldn't. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.